Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the program, Two Funny Astronauts. I'm your co-host, Garrett Reisman. And I'm your other co-host, Mike Massimino. And remember, we're not saying we're funny people. We're just funny for astronauts. It's a low bar. A low bar. <laughs> but today, uh, we have uh, part two of our uh, other funny astronaut friend, Charlie Camarda. Charlie's with us again today. Charlie, thanks for joining us last time, and thanks for coming back for some more. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm glad to be here, Mike and Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, you cracked us up the first time, so it's great to have you back, Charlie. What's that? Yeah, and, and Charlie, one of the things one of the things we were talking about last time is you've you've actually listened to our podcast. Thank you very much, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so you're able to comment on some of the stories that uh, we've told that you were involved in. You talked a little bit about last and our other our previous episode about when you had to dive in the water to uh, to 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 blow up that life preserver unit when we were being <laughs> trained water survival wise. And the, but there was other that was only one of the things that happened to us down there. Uh, you were there for when I got I, I had a, uh, a an interesting experience. You have a different expect uh, a different perspective on what happened to me trying to go parasailing as part of that uh, training. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you might want to share that with yeah, us. Yeah, I know. I know you told the story, Mike, and it was very funny when you told it. I didn't know the details of you trying to run off the top off of that flat top, <laughs> and actually you weren't <laughs> airborne before you actually reached the end of the flat top, and you actually fell in. And so, you know, yeah. we were in the other boat. We had already done our thing. They rescued us with the helicopter, yada, yada, yada. We were in the boat. And we hear on the intercom that, hey, astronaut down. His LPU had exploded. <laughs> and I knew it was you. And so unlike, unlike you, you know? that How said, you, oh, you Charlie know? Kamada's in the pool drowning. Go, somebody go get him. I'm going to go try to save myself. I was like really concerned about you, Mike. <laughs> I, was really, I was like, wow, if one of his life preservers is out, you know, I mean, if one more goes out, you're going. You're gone. Nobody, no diver is going to find you. You're going to sink right to the bottom and they're never going to find you. <laughs> But it was actually a very, very serious situation. I know the guy that was piloting our boat was streaming towards you to try to get you. And I remember watching that from our boat. You went down, and then they kept dragging you. You came up. You went down. And I don't know how many times you <laughs> did that. But I thought, it was, I thought it was great the way they came up with the call sign for you, T-Bag. And I thought, man, what a great, what a great call sign until now we fast forward 10 years. And now Garrett reminded you, if you go to the Urban Dictionary, T-Mag means something totally different. And you definitely, yeah. you definitely don't want that as a call sign, yeah. right, Garrett? No, I didn't. Yeah, no, no. And, and, and by the way, to our younger viewers <laughs> who are looking up to astronauts and trying to be inspired, don't look that up. Don't, don't keep that <laughs> no. up. <laughs> no. And don't. Mike. Just let that but go. But you want to know something? It, it was great because some of us got call signs from these. You know, you always get your call sign for something you screw up, right? Something you mess up. Do you remember what my call sign was, Mike? No, I don't remember you. Have, I was going to ask. I was just about to ask you. I don't it's remember the, other than Charlie. It's, That's another, what it's another word that you should look, shouldn't look up on the Urban Dictionary. It was catfish. Because I spent a lot of time in the bottom oh. of that swimming pool. <laughs> oh, I thought it was because of your mustache. I thought it was your mustache. <laughs> or for some other reasons. But, I mean, 
<laughs> but one of the other things you mentioned, one of the other things you mentioned, Mike, was land survival. And I, what's great about listening to your yeah. podcast is I have a terrible memory. And so it's it's great for me to re-remember some of this. So land survival, you explained how me and you and I think Caldero and a couple other people were trying to stuff our faces at a McDonald's because we figured if we're there for a day and a half, two days, we could live. As long as we could find water, we'll, we'll be alive. And so we were always trying to game the system, right? And I don't know, I don't know if you were with us, Mike. But I think we went to an Army and Navy store or a camping goods store to try to, you know, what else could yeah. we sneak in to help us, yeah, yeah, yeah. To help us yeah. survive? Yeah, instead of like, yeah, because we knew better than us coming from New York, we knew better than to ask the instructors who would no. tell us, right? <laughs> Just like you said, yeah, Johnny Weissmuller there telling you how to go through your, no, I'm not paying attention to him. I know better. And that's what we like. Don't pay attention <laughs> to these guys. I don't, I don't know. We're going to figure this out on our own. I don't know what, yeah. it, what it was like for uh, for Garrick growing up in, was it Parsippany, New Jersey? Parsippany. Parsippany, yes, New, New Jersey. But Sounds everybody nice. in my neighborhood yeah. and probably Massimino's neighborhood, if there was a way to game the system or cheat, we were going to do it, you know? <laughs> and so yeah. We went into this uh, camping supply store, and I remember we're looking at not not in school though, kids. Don't, don't do this. Not in no. school. Don't, don't cheat do in school. We That's no good. It's a different time. Ethics. It was a different different time and place. Ethics were a little yeah, more malleable is, back then. This was survival kids. training. <laughs> this was survival training. We did the survive. Yeah, do what you got to do. We were cheating for our life, so it wasn't really cheating. Yeah, yeah. Different. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so we were looking for <laughs> fish hooks, whatever, and when, you know anything that we could bring—a compass, a little tiny <laughs> compass. And so I remembered, you know, and I don't know if you watch uh, Survivor, but they always pick the, the matches and the hatchet or something like that, something that you could never. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I brought. I got, I got this. I got my way. I got this image in my head right now of Charlie trying to navigate through the forest with like one of the little compasses you get out of a Cracker Jack box. No, no. <laughs> yeah. hey, look it's at this. Uh, look what no, I brought. No, I'm not tell no that with story. the fish. I with the fish hook. Hey, I got I'm a fish hook. Any fish? Story, but listen, Garrett, go? make a note. Make a note of this. Charlie Compass Cold Water Survival. Have Dave Wolf come on your program and tell this other story. <laughs> oh, that's another guy we got it. Dave Wolf would be great. Tell Dave, Dave Wolf. But anyway, what I took on yeah. this with me that I snuck into this program was something called a mag bar. You know what a mag bar is? Well, I remember you yeah. getting it. I remember you, you getting you this remember, thing thinking it was going to be like the greatest thing is, ever. Garrett? Very important. It's a, it's a solid yeah. piece of magnesium. Right. And you can make little filings from oh, it with oh. a little knife right. and, and it lights a fire really, really easy. I mean, I used to do pyrotechnics. I used to make bombs, uh, not bombs, fireworks, <laughs> rockets, not bombs, kids, fireworks and rockets. <laughs> anyway, Homeland Security. Are you listening? I, I brought this man. Yeah, like more, more, yeah. more like more like Homer Hickam, less like Timothy McVeigh. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> if it was a sliding scale between Homer, who's a good friend of mine, or Timothy McVeigh, closer to Homer Hickam. And okay. And, good. Anyway, so we're around Ho the Homer, Homer listens to our Homer listens to our podcast, so he'll kind of yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. does. He's a oh, big wait, fan. Wait, wait, yeah. no, 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 no. He's between. No, you know what? I need to be worried about it. my brand. 
right? I need to be worried about my brand. So I'm going to be, <laughs> yes. I'm going to be very careful. I'm going to be very careful how I word this. So we had this raging fire because I'm half a pyromaniac when I was a kid growing up in Queens. And so we had Again. this raging campfire. <laughs> Mike, I, don't, I think you were asleep, Mike. I think you were in the tent. You were asleep. We're sitting around the campfire, me, Caldero, and Don Petty. Don Pettit, the ultimate geek. We had the best geek in our class. I know you had Stan Love. He was good, but Don Pettit was the best. <laughs> We're around this campfire, and I got this mad bar. And so, you know, I I, I used to make, exp uh, not explosives, uh, py pyrotechnics, uh, <laughs> fireworks, kids, fireworks. And I throw this mad bar into the fire. And I go, wait, watch, watch when this lights up. And Don Pettit's going, that's not going to light up. That's not going to light up. No, it's going to light up. Caldero's going, I bet it lights up. And Don Pettit's going, that's not going to light up. This thing caught fire. And it was like a searchlight outside. And it was bright, bright like a Navy, like a flare went off in the jungle. And I looked at Don Pettit and said, I told you that was going to light up. <laughs> but anyway, Don Pettit's my favorite wow. geek. I got tons, tons of stories with with Don Pettit. But one other story. Guy's a super smart guy. What's that? Yeah, super very ingenious. Oh yeah, ingenious. yeah, yeah. He is a he is a and a good guy. Great guy. In so many different fields too. I mean, he's uh, in a wide variety of topics. He's very smart. He, he, he's oh, yeah. very smart. Not like me and Massimino. We're we're a couple of dummies. But anyway. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding, kids. But anyway, the other thing with Don Pettit, and this is when I realized that Don Pettit was a, a unique individual, right? Do you remember, and Mike, you talked about this, how we were trying to catch little animals. You know, they were teaching us how to make snares, yeah. how to make traps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. nothing out there. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing. No, that's why, that's why going to McDonald's was a good thing. It was, was a definitely bet. a good thing. So me and Don Pettit making a snare, right? I was a Boy Scout. Luckily, Don Pettit was an Eagle Scout. He was like order of the palms, like I told told you earlier, right? So we're making a snare. And so I see order this- Order the palms? Is that a, is that a, is that a thing? A snare? <laughs> no, order of the palms. I think it is. It, it sounds like it. Are you sure? Is that it? I think Bill Shepherdson, I think there is some I think Bill beyond Shepherdson Eagle. was an order of the palms. If I remember no, correctly, isn't that, isn't that like, like isn't that some level you get to in, in Scientology? Well, well, you know, I think I think uh, I think the Boy Scouts had, had branched off into something that was very close to Scientology, very close to a spiritual uh, Billy Jack kind of thing. But anyway, uh -huh. now I know you don't know who I'm Billy look Jack it up. was. <laughs> Order of the Palms. I'm going to look it look up. up. <laughs> Billy Jack, how do we get on look that? <laughs> I can't even see my phone to Google it because I'm up. crying. Anyway, forget, forget, forget it. Order, order of the Palms. Order of the Palms. Look it up later, Mike. I'm looking at what? Anyway. I can't wait. I, I, uh, so me and Don Pettit are making order this of the snare. Palms. We're making this snare. <laughs> and I see this nice, long, young tree. <laughs> I take this tree. Is it a real thing, Mike? Yeah. It says here, Order of the Pumps is an order of knighthood of France for academics. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. They use that in the Boy Scouts. <laughs> Let me look at Boy Scouts. Ask, ask, ask Philippe uh, Green Boy about Scouts. that. Maybe it was the French Boy Scouts. It's, it's called Eagle Palms. Eagle Palms. I think that's what it is. I think after you become an eagle, that's what I kind of remember. All there right. were things eagle you could add, like Oak Leaf. Oak Leaf. Order of the Palms. 
Bill Shepperson, would you let me tell the story, Mike? Would you let I'm me sorry, tell I'm the sorry. story? Go ahead. Because I. I was going to let it go. Garrett started asking about it. I was, I was like, okay, that's a whole, that'll, that'll derail us for about an hour. And Garrett says, Garrett spoke about the order of the palms. Don't blame it on me. I bend it over. The tree is a huge tree, but it's, it's young. And I pull this thing over and Don Pettit has this special little snare trap that he has with a trigger mechanism. The thing is like shaking. There's so much tension in it, right? And, uh, you know, the guys are coming over with the clipboard, kind of looking around, giving us grades, right? And he, he spots what me and Don Pettit did. And he goes, oh, man, I have to. I have to test this out. And he goes down here with his little pen, and he springs the trigger, and this thing just, like, flies. If we, if a little animal ever put its head in that snare, it would have been like an episode of Monty Python. It would have ripped the head right <laughs> off the little printer. But anyway... <laughs> I think I got good marks. We got good marks because I had Don Pettit as my partner, as my partner for that. Yeah. He was he was good out there in the field. He certainly was. Mm. He's a handy guy mm. with the yeah. order of the palms or whatever he had. He had it going. Eagle palms, order of the palms. Eagle Bill, palms. Bill yep. Shepherson. Palm. What are you going to do? You're going to look up everything I say right now, Mike? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Come on. Come on, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. man. So let's right. go. Let's go to Knowles, right? National all right. Okay. Yeah, we've talked about that too. Right. Right. Because yeah. I don't know. Yep. Did you have to do that, Garrett? I know you did the underwater oh, yeah. stuff. Did you do Knowles? Have to. You kidding me? I would have signed up for like ten more if they were. I know. If I, I could loved have. it. Those things were. I love doing this. I things. loved it. Right. But you got. You have to remember now. It was great. This is like me and Mike are from New York. Yeah, we were in the Boy Scouts. Yeah, we did some camping. But this was totally, this was the advanced level of, of the Boy Scouts. And it was climbing. We were in a slot canyon in Utah. <laughs> Remember, Mike? Flash floods. Oh, yeah. It was like the worst, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the worst conditions possible. We went through rain, sleet, snow. It was cold. It was hot. The only thing we the only thing we didn't have was like a tornado and a hurricane, but everything else we had in those in we, those seven days. We got that we got that in Texas. We didn't need to get trained on yeah, that. We had those we things got in hurricanes. Texas. We got hurricanes yeah. in Texas. But I remember I don't know why I was selected to be on this trip, Mike. I know that uh, it was you and your three EVA astronauts. It was yep. me. It was Brew. Yeah. Was it Poindex? I, what, yeah, what happened? There. Yeah, th this is what I this is. I remember how this happened. That uh, typically crews would go on these trips together for a, like team building, and uh, we were assigned to sp the, the spacewalkers for our crew. There were four of us, and we were assigned early, about you know six eight months or so before they would give us a pilot commander and a flight engineer. So John Grunsfeld, especially who was our lead spacewalker, I was a rookie. I you know I'm trying to follow along, keep up or whatever. But John was like, we got to go do a Knowles trip together, the four of us. And I go, you know, we don't have a command. He goes, no, four of us, they'll give us three other guys. So I remember, I, this is what I remember, Charlie. Me, you, and Brew used to go to the same church whenever we went to church. Oh, we always But I remember we were outside church. of St. Clair. We, went, we to went to church. church. We need all the help we can get. <laughs> so we were we were outside. I remember it was after church. And the three of us were talking. And, and we were saying how, you know, I go, oh, we're going, I'm going on this Knowles trip coming up. 
and there's only four of us who need more guys. And uh, you two guys are like, we should go. So I said, I'm going to go. And Bruce said, I'll go. So you two guys, I th- and then we said, we needed another guy, and someone recruited Dex. I think it might have been uh, – might have been Brew, but we convinced him. But that's what it was. I think you guys sort of, because we were going, we thought it'd be fun. You guys volunteered you know, thank to go. God, thank God we brought Dex because he was one of the few people that knew what the hell he was doing. I think he saved you from falling mm-hmm. off the damn mountain several times. He was good, yeah. And yeah. he also could tell the difference oh, between yeah. a bear and a mountain lion or whatever, a mountain goat from the, and the airport. Brew, that we were Brew there. was he knew, he knew his animals. Brew was amazing. Dex was amazing. You know, but I knew that before I went, before I was getting ready to go on this trip, right? I was like a typical Boy Scout. I was thinking of everything that could possibly go wrong. And, you know, the dentists in the uh, astronaut uh, flight clinic, they're good, but um, maybe they didn't have all the best materials, right? And so I would I would go there for a crown, and the crown would fall out. And sometimes I'd almost <laughs> swallow the thing, and I'd go back, and I'd go, Dean, what the, hell, what the hell kind of glue are you using in this thing, right? So, so I said, you know what? I'm going to go on this friggin' trip. I want, I want to bring some glue with me. So I went to the dentist. I said, give me some glue because God forbid my crown comes out, I want to be able to put it back in my mouth, right? I don't want to go the whole time with the... Do you remember this, Matt? You remember this? Oh, yeah. Yes. I don't remember you took... I don't remember you went and took the glue on your own. I thought it was like in no. a med kit or something. No. So no. you got a magnesium bar and glue. <laughs> this is what glue. I'm going... Well, I'm you, going... You know, I think where it really went wrong, I remember seeing a picture of this. The glue said Elmer's on the side. It was... It was not the best glue. It was not the best it was glue. Like, it was like, but I it was like it crazy anyway. glue or something. And so we're, yeah. we're going out there. We're putzing around out there in, in the in the uh, slot canyons. And lo and behold, my my crown comes out, and it falls out, and it's in a, a mud puddle. It's in a mud puddle. And I'm looking at I'm looking at Lenahan. I'm looking at this Jaboni over here, Massimino. And I'm going, oh, man, I lost it. And I'm like, I put my hand down there in the mud puddle. And, and and I found it. I go, look, I found it. And I go, and, and look, I have the glue. And I'm going, and I'm putting the glue on the tooth. And I go, here, Mass, put this, put this tooth in my mouth. And I open up my mouth. And what does my good friend Mass me? He goes, ah, I can't do that. I can't do that. He goes, he, was, he, he wouldn't even help me put the tooth in my mouth. Luckily, we had... Uh, Lenahan, that was uh, Linehan. Linehan was the guy to Linehan's do it. A, was yeah, he was a veterinarian. <laughs> was a veterinarian. He could he take care of putting uh, teeth back in the dog's mouth. I guess so. He he helped me out. Well, I remember, I remember you making me. You're like, hey, Mike, look at my mouth. I go, what? And he goes, what do you see? And you see, my. And all I saw, it was like a wire, like a post sticking up out of your gum where there should have been a tooth. And I go, there's a thing sticking up, like a post sticking up out of your gum. Yeah, was supposed to glue it to that. So you got to understand. Yeah, I Linehan was more qualified than I was for that. You got to understand, Garrett. Mm-hmm. This is like the second experience I had with my good friend. Mike Massimino, right? And I'm thinking to myself, do I ever want to be on a mission with this guy? Can I trust this guy? Am I going to well, go out on wait a minute, wait a minute. and I'm going to say, Mike, can you help me? Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
No, I, when you were down at the bottom of that pool, like I said, if I, I would have jumped in, no, there no. would have been two of them. I got the guy. Yeah, when think, you needed the truth, I, think, no, I would have put that back in your head. I, got, I got Linehan to help you. I know who to call. In defense, in, in both cases, there were very highly qualified people standing by. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Why, would, why would he jump in? Exactly. Mike, let the, let the, Mike, let you the thank you, Garrett. You picked the perfect wingman. Thank you, Garrett. Thank and, you. Uh, thank I, you, Garrett. First, for, for, all, for all the kiddies out there, Believe me, if I ever had the opportunity to fly again, I would definitely trust my life to Mike Massimino and Garrett Reisman right now. Okay? All right. Can we move on now? Can we move on? (laughs) Yes, please. Yeah. Because I'm not through with with Knowles, right? And you know I have a problem listening when I'm in trouble. Do you remember this, Mike, when they were teaching us how to climb a mountain, right? That I remember. You remember this story, right? Because we were not really good at climbing mountains. I was in the Boy Scouts. We used to take a trail up the mountain. But this mountain was kind of steep, (laughs) right? It was kind of steep. And in order to get... It's called a cliff. It was called a cliff. It's a cliff. And in order to get up this mountain, you know, they told us you had to keep your shoelaces pretty loose because you wanted your, your ankle to basically move around. You wanted to plant your foot straight on the ground, and you wanted to stand up, like push yourself away from the mountain so that you could stand up and put enough weight on that large surface area of your of your foot so that you wouldn't slide off the mountain, right? So once again, I didn't trust this guy. I didn't listen, <laughs> right? And, and Mike is standing next to me again. I got to go first. He says, okay, come on, <laughs> climb up that mountain. And so I'm looking at this mountain. The first thing I do is I lean into the mountain and I start clawing my way up the side of this mountain. And I'm like, rocks are coming down. I'm clawing my way up to the top. I get up to the top of this hill. I got scratches all over me. I'm bleeding. I look down the hill and the guy, the the trainer down below looks at Mike Massimino and the rest of the guys. He says, don't do that. <laughs> I said, don't do that. So I helped you, Mike. I helped you out. You that. did. It was always good. It was always good yeah. to watch someone else do it first. But then there was the yeah. other. There was the other time that we had to rappel down the cliff. Yeah. And yeah. what did you do, Mike? Remember, they said when you're that, rappelling down, you have right, to yeah. lean away and just walk down like parallel, perpendicular to the right. What did well, the you thing do, if you're Mike? talking about where I, where I messed up, where if you're talking about where I messed up, Charlie, I got hurt actually. I think what it was is they told us <laughs> no, to hey, keep listen, your hand. Mike, Mike don't try yeah. to make me feel bad because now you're saying you got hurt. You just scratched your hand. I was bleeding, Charlie. It was blood. Uh, all right, all <laughs> right. Anyway, <laughs> no, what happened? What happened was it was it was a, like Charlie's saying exactly. No, the, the instructor's saying something. I'm like, you're out of your mind. I'm not paying attention to you. <laughs> I'm not- but what he said. What he said was is that you have one, I think it was one hand on the controller to leave you, let yourself go down the mountain, right? And your other hand, you want to keep off the control. You don't want to use your other hand. If you put your hand, if you try to grab the rope with the hand, it'll bring you into the mountain. It'll slam you into the, into the cliff. So I'm like, okay, fine. So as we're going down here, I think I might have paid attention to that rule for about you know 11 seconds. And then I start moving around, and my impulse was to grab that rope, and I did it, and it slammed me into the mountain. And I had a you know bad and bare knuckles and ran right into the mountain. And uh, I was like, okay, I guess he was right. 
and you know, then I got down, but I I did the wrong thing and smacked into that mountain. And then Linehan had to wrap up the, our veterinarian had to wrap up my hand. But then I remember, like you said, you learned from the guy in front of you. The guy after me was Brew. And Brew looked like he was riding one of those rodeo guys with the hand like this. He had his hand like, like uh, he's going like this. Like, he's not letting that happen again. He had his hand like, this hand doesn't even exist anymore. It's back his. You know. No, yeah. no. I got, I got, I got it. This, this reminded me, I got to jump in with a quick story about Bob Benkin. Can I, can I, about can what? I interrupt for a sec? Bob Benkin. Okay. And Bob Benkin who was on the first SpaceX uh, launch just a, a, almost exactly a year ago today, um, he and I were grad students at Caltech together. So we had offices like right across the hall from each other. And, um, and, and I was more experienced than you guys were for this Knoll stuff. I knew how to repel. I was doing like a bunch of rock climbing and, and, what we, and canyoneering and things. And I was do, we were doing this canyoneering thing at Caltech with some of the professors. And one day we invited Bob along. <laughs> and he had never done this before. But we told him, like, don't don't let go with that brake hand and don't grab the rope with the other hand. Just like you're saying, yeah. we gave him the same lesson. And he's going over his first rappel. And he tells the story a little bit differently. <laughs> but uh, he blames me for, for I set up the rappel. I, I anchored the rope. And he says that I didn't do that right, which he might he might have a point. <laughs> but But anyway, the important thing is he goes over and he slips. His feet come out from under him. And all I know is I see Bob going over this cliff, and all of a sudden I just see him, whoop, he's gone. <laughs> and I, like, scramble over to the side of my stomach, and I'm peering over the edge of this cliff. And I see Bob's butt. Like, all I can see is his, his butt up, up in the air. He's upside down. Oh, man. But he's holding, he's holding on to the rope like he was instructed. He, he was really good at following instructions. Yeah. So he was holding on to that rope, and he was safe. But he's upside down, and I start. I just staring into Bob's big butt, and I'm just laughing my my head off because it was. It was and, and he's and he's and he's like so. We we got him down, and then he told this story during his astronaut interview. Really? At the with the board, they said, "Did, did anything terrifying ever happen to you?" And he's like, "Yes, I once went canyoneering with Reese." <laughs> <laughs> And there I am holding on for my dear life, and he he's just laughing at me, <laughs> which is true. And by the way, he never came on another trip with us again. I, I don't know why, but that was <laughs> maybe, maybe that that's was what got him it. selected, though. They like that story. Well, you, you know, know, he, 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 you know I think he could survive that I with think, you. I uh, contributed. Yeah, I'm, it was good. That's right. You know, I was gonna good I story. was gonna tell a couple more of those Nold stories. Yeah, which had which had another crew member, but you just mentioned something, Garrett, that's gonna lead uh -oh. me to the another uh -oh. story. Perfect. Which was the interview question. You said that Bob Benkin said, "Did you ever have a near death experience?" And and this was one of the questions. Remember, Mass? Did they ask you that? Yep. Did you ever have a near-death experience? Right? I you know I, I don't remember them asking me that. They didn't that, ask you that. Oh, you talking about what, you're talking about the shrinks or in the interview? The in shrinks the actual, during the interview. Yeah. The no, the interview uh, during the, not the and we had the selection board interview where right. where'd right. you go to school? And, so then, and then is, you had the shrinks asking you. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah. So I'm going to tell my interview story, right? Because I did not know that they were going to ask us this, right? You know, I, I you know, we had a full day of psychological evaluation. Yeah, I said, we, had, I, we, we shouldn't really call them shrinks. They were the psychological evaluators or. It was either psychiatrist or psychologist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, not All shrinks, right, boys and girls. Don't call yeah, them shrinks. Yeah, I was, that's, yeah. No. Yeah, okay, that's, go ahead. that's a direct, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, we, anyway, we, we smoothed anyway, it over, we're covered, go ahead. 
Anyway, you know, after after these grueling written tests for your psychological exam, you get grilled by two, not one, but two psychologists or psychiatrists, right? And I had a man and a woman. <laughs> and, and they looked at me and they said, Charlie, do you have, did you ever have any near-death experiences? <laughs> and I said, I grew up in Queens, New York. I grew up in Ozone Park. I used to take the A train through Bed-Stuy for four years. I said, how much time do you two guys have? You know, and they said, well, well, just tell us one, you know, so I, did, I had to bypass all the times I almost drowned in Rockaway or the times I got mugged on the subway. And I said, OK, well, I'll tell a story. And, and the story was I had been dating this girl from New York for like seven years off and on. Then I moved to uh, to Virginia to work for NASA and we were still seeing each other kind of off and on. I was in New York. Grew up in Ozone Park, right next to Howard Beach, home of uh, the Goodfellas crew, John Gotti and a bunch of uh, made men over there in Howard Beach. And we were going to this diner. And um, so she's going in. She's got a little Chevy Vega. She's pulling into the diner. And this car starts backing up. And I said, beep the horn. He's going to hit you. She beeps the horn. This guy's driving a Lincoln Continental. This guy comes out. He's got gold chains coming down to here. He's got an Italian knit shirt. And he starts yelling and screaming at me. And he's cursing at me. And it's like, it's like I pretend to kind of get out of the car, but I was waiting for her to hold me back a little bit. And then she held me back. <laughs> and I, I, because this guy, I definitely knew that this guy was definitely connected. In the neighborhood, Ooh. Garrett, you know, and I said, I, I'm, oh, I ain't getting out of the car yeah. if I absolutely don't have to. So she backs up the car. We're going away. And this guy gets really, uh, you know, he starts getting really indecent. He starts like grabbing his crotch and he starts yelling and cursing at us. And so I just lost it. I start going crazy. I start yelling and screaming at him. So he jumps in his. That's not a good strategy. Yeah, you know, I, and, I and, and that's a psychiatrist like this sort of stuff. This is well, good. Well, <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was in very bad taste, Garrett, that right. he was cursing in front of my girlfriend, and so I got really upset, and and so the guy starts chasing her. In his Lincoln Continental, and I'm screaming at my girlfriend to pull over the car because I want to get out. This guy's actually trying to hit her car on the highway, and I'm ooh, going, I'm ooh. going crazy. I'm yelling and screaming. I'm in the passenger side. I'm not driving. I'm looking for weapons inside the car or anything. I, I'm leaning out the window. I'm throwing stuff. I drew like a paddle ball paddle at this guy, and it just pissed him <laughs> off more. And he's trying. He cuts off her car. You threw a what? You threw a what? A, a paddle ball paddle, paddle? paddle? You didn't play paddle ball in Sesame, <laughs> New Jersey? Think, yeah, think. My dad used to play paddle ball all the time. Yeah, no, I know yeah, what that is. 1970s but. New York. Lincoln Continental. It was 19th century. Thank you. Thank you. It was a paddle, paddle, paddle ball. ball was a very, very popular. It was 1970s popular. New York. Fact, I almost, beat, I almost beat Howie Hammer in a paddle ball game, but that's another story. He cuts off her car. <laughs> Cuts her off and he goes on the cloverleaf onto the Belt Parkway. Now we're on a major highway, right, going towards the Verrazano Bridge, and he rams uh -huh. into her car. Whoa. He crashes his wow. car into the Chevy Vega. We're in the first two lanes of the Belt Parkway. I'm trying to get out of the car. He comes running over. He opens the door. He grabs me by the hair, and he hits me with an uppercut. I like, he hits me, he stands me up. I hit him with a, I hit him with a right cross. And this was like a big guy. 
It's like a, I hit him with a right cross, and his head went like that, and then he grabs me, right? Now, this is in Virginia, in New York, on a highway. If people are pulled over the side of the road, they don't look. They just keep going. So we're in the first <laughs> yeah, two lanes. Yeah. We're in the first two lanes. This guy <laughs> grabs me by my shirt and goes to throw me into the one lane that's moving at like 60 miles an hour. Yeah. It was at that point I realized that this guy is really trying to kill me. So I grab his shirt, I drop my CG to the ground, and I rip his shirt off. We're, we're like rolling around fighting. Finally, he gets up, goes in the trunk of his uh, Lincoln Continental, he gets out a jack, a big <laughs> jack, like a three and a half foot jack. And he starts walking towards me like he's gonna hit me with it. And my girlfriend is like pulling me like, Charlie, come on, he's gonna hit you with that. I said. He's not going to hit me with that, Jack. He's not going to. So a cop car pulls up. The cop car pulls up, stops. And I said, hey, arrest this guy. This guy tried to kill me. <laughs> and the cop basically, cop basically leans over to me and says, Charlie, you don't want to mess with this guy. This guy's under indictment. He's going to be standing trial in a little bit. This guy's connected. You don't want to do this. I said, but this guy tried to kill me. <laughs> he said, this guy looks worse than you. You got his shirt ripped off. I didn't have a scratch on me. And so I'm telling this story, you know, to these psychiatrists, <laughs> and, and then I look up, and I look at them, and they're both looking at me <laughs> with their mouth open, and I'm like, oh, crap, maybe I shouldn't have told this story. But, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I uh, figured that these two psychiatrists had just heard test pilots that were flying a desert storm, Iraq, <laughs> or flying all different kinds of experimental airplanes. God knows what stories they told, but they were totally in shock. And, uh, and the whole rest of the interview, well, I was- I, wait, Matt's and I are in shock I, right I, now just That's unbelievable. It's a shocking story. Yeah, never, I never told you that. I mean, come on, mo most people, you're right. You're right. Most people go in for their astronaut interview and they ask them, did you ever have like a near death experience? And they're like, well, yes, once I was flying in the weather and I had a complete electrical failure or like, yeah, I was climbing Mount Everest and we're running <laughs> yeah, low yeah, on yeah, oxygen. Yeah. And then Charlie's like, yeah, this one time I went to a diner. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost got killed by a guy in the mafia. But other than that, <laughs> other than that. I don't, want, I don't want to repeat his name because I think his son just got out of jail. Yeah, no, no, don't say any names. Yeah, let's just leave no, that name leave, out. Don't say anything. No name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. But, but anyway, it worked. I Maybe thought... you scared him. Maybe that it may not work. You got in. You no, know, Mike, I swear, I swear to God, there, there were so many, so many stories during that interview class where I thought, I don't know, I didn't ever going to select me. I, I couldn't. Maybe it was. Like, maybe it was like. Maybe it was like Bill Shepardson with That's the what I'm thinking. They're so, they yeah. so scared of you. They're like, we got to hire him because we don't want to piss him off. Oh, do we have yeah. time for one more story? I'm going to check with our producer. We do. We have time for one more. We have time. All right. Well, one more in right. this episode. Let's we may have Charlie. to have you come back again, Charlie. But all right, all right, I'll come back. I got. <laughs> no, but tell but us the story. Because. All right, we'll do we'll do this we'll do the repel. No, let's do this one. I think this yeah. one because Mike Massimino is going to tell this story. I'm only going to show the picture, and then Mike, I want you to tell this story. All right. So the picture is, I can't see that picture, Charlie. Who's in there? Is that me in there? <laughs> it's no, it's my mom and dad. Oh my gosh, it's, it's Bocelli. Andre Bocelli. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Nah, <laughs> we need we need a lot of time for this one, but let's do it anyway. We have do it, do it. All right, Mike, so Mike, you tell this story. So okay, Gary so can we're hear gonna, but Charles, we're gonna have to tell this thing together. All right, all right, all right. This you is go not going to be a five minute deal here. I don't know what we're going to do about this. So Jason will figure it out. Just, just let it go. All right, so here we go. Do it, do it. So this is the way I remember, Charlie. I remember you coming over my house. Charlie and I uh, lived very close to each other in uh, in Clear Lake in Houston. And I remember when I first when I first arrived in uh, just to give a little a little background here. When I first arrived in Houston as a as, you know as a as an I lived in Houston previously, and I went to I was teaching at Georgia Tech, and now we moved back. And uh, so I, I w- but I came back to work as an astronaut. And I remember going to Ellington Field before we our first day of work. We had to go pick up our stuff, you know, like some of our flight suits and other things. If you were in there early, you could get that. So I went by there to get that stuff. And I remember the guy who gave us our stuff was this guy Sarge. Do you remember that guy, fellas? The guy named Sarge was, you know, with his mustache. He was like a Vietnam guy. The guy, oh, yeah, the equipment yeah, yeah, guy, one of the yeah, equipment yeah. guys, and he goes, "You're from, you from New York?" And I go, "Yeah." yeah. He goes, "You got to meet this guy that was in here yesterday, Charlie Camarda. You got to find." So I kept hearing, and everywhere I would go, like no matter where it was, you got to meet this guy, Charlie Camarda. So I, so Charlie lives around the corner, and I remember going at you know knock, knocking on Charlie's door before we started working. This is what I before we you know like a week we got there like a week or two early before we had a report. And I, you know, Charlie comes up. He's wearing, you know, the little, the, you know, the the white uh, Italian T-shirt thing, you know, and he flip flops, and you know, he's, and he, and so I was like, I, this guy, I was back in, I was back in the neighborhood in New York, you know, this is great, what a bonus, you know, I thought being an astronaut was going to be fun, I never thought this was going to happen, so <clears throat> Charlie, we'd come, we'd go over each other's houses and say hi, you know, call for each other, like you said when you were, it was like when we were kids. You know what are you doing? So, so we so we'd have to get our mother's permission to you know to hang out. You know so, so anyway, Charlie and I live near each other, because that kills all because I thought this is what I remember. I remember you telling me that you didn't. I you, knew I knew Andrew Bocelli was blind. Oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. So anyway, Bocelli is coming in for a tour, right? And uh, it's coming in for a tour of the Johnson Space Center. And uh, they get like anyone who was Italian uh, or or a Italian American to help out with the tour because he's an Italian guy. So they had like Paolo Nespoli and Umberto Guidoni who were Italian astronauts. And then they bring in uh, they bring in me and Charlie. And I remember Charlie, you coming over my house and turning around the corner and say, hey, "We got to give this guy a tour tomorrow." And I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, you know, what are we going to show him?" I go, "I don't know what we're going to. We're going to show him the space shuttle, whatever they tell us to show him. We'll tell him." And he goes, well, you know, Mike, you know, Bocelli can't see. And I'm like, yeah, you know. And, and so we see, we should bring things for him to touch. This is, and I go, I don't know, Charlie. I think we should just, you know, let's just give him the tour. His kids are going to be there. And Charlie's like, no, no, we got to bring him things. To, I'm going to bring him some tiles. I'm going to bring him some shuttle tiles so he can touch. All right, so that's the shuttle tiles. So you see, uh, so you people can't see this, but it's uh, if you're if you're only listening. But uh, the shuttle tile has a – what's that black stuff on the top of the tile, Charlie? What it's that? a high emissivity coating. Okay, so they've got a black coating on the top, but below it is – what is that stuff? Is that asbestos? What is it's, that stuff? It's, it's silica. It's a silica, silica. tile. Yeah. It's a fibrous silica tile that's sinted together. Right. And it basically feels like uh, styrofoam. It's a, like the weight of – kind of – it's like the weight – Very, very light material, but it's also very chalky. 
So this stuff will get, you know, it yeah. can get, it can get very, it can, it, it's like a powder if you start touching it. So this is what Charlie brings in for the, for this this uh, guy to, to to touch. So I re- we we're there in our flight suits and Paolo's there and Bocelli doesn't <coughs> didn't really speak much English or at least he was going with Italian. He had a translator there and and Paolo and uh, and Umberto were able to speak to him in Italian and Charlie and I getting by with our English I guess as best we could. And I remember him being so thrilled that he was in the space shuttle and we're showing him around the space shuttle and. He thought that was wonderful. His kids were there, and his wife was there, and his, you know, his, his business manager, entourage, all these people there. So then, Charlie is like looking for an opportunity, from what I remember, to show Bocelli these, uh, you know, these these tiles, these shuttle tiles. Well, and, I wanted, go I ahead. wanted him to feel, you know, because we we were explaining to him what the space shuttle is, and it's thousands of these tiles underneath the space shuttle. I thought it would be really cool for him to feel how light they were. You know, but I had it kind of in a plastic bag, right? But he took it out of the bag, and he's handling it. And just just to give you an idea, if I can interject some detail here, Charlie and Bocelli are now off on a bench underneath the shuttle mock-up, by themselves, more or less. (laughs) Bocelli... Is dressed all in black, like Johnny Cash. He's got oh, black no. shirt. Oh no! He's got black pants, and to go with it, he's got black hair and a black beard. He's a you know, he's got right. Uh, I see where this so, is going. So, and then they're sitting, and he yep. doesn't speak. I mean, I think he understands English, but you know, the communication I thought might have might have been an issue going on there too. Is Charlie's giving him instructions, and Bocelli's doing his best, but it's basically the two of them, like oh. Uh, Bocelli will be fine with this nice astronaut for a few minutes. And then what happens, Charlie? <laughs> well, he took it out of the bag. And, you know, you have this silica down there. And like Mike said, it's like chalk. The only problem is it's like chalk, but you can't touch it. You have to use gloves because they're very fine, you know, nanoparticles. And if you get them all over your hands, you definitely don't want to touch your face or your eyes. But anyway, to make a long story short, we came back from where we were, and I was explaining to see how light it is. Bocelli has all white chalk marks all over his black. He started, he, he, he started playing like he was Tommy Lasorda, you know, giving his signs at third base. He just started touching. I don't know what it was, but he starts, like, touching all over. And the powder's going up, and it looks like a cloud around the poor guy. And he's getting all and this Mike stuff is, all over. Oh, no. Yeah, so Charlie's like, no, no, don't do it. No, that, that, no. That, and meanwhile, this is going know. on. <laughs> anyway, so it was uh, was a little bit of a disaster. I thought I would make it, you know, he'd have that tactile, he'd get that feel, it's light. But the poor guy had all chalk got- all over him. I don't know if he was getting pictures taken well, any, I- any other time during that day, but he was a mess. Well, somebody, and you know, Bocelli, people, you know, he's, I think most people know who he is, but he at, at the time he was at the height of his popularity, really. I know he's still very popular, of course. People love him, but this he was he had you know this the hit record had come out and it was this huge international worldwide star, and and this is what happens to the poor guy, and and someone in his group this is what I remember Charlie someone whether it was his manager or his wife or someone saw this happening, and said oh and like you know and runs at him and you know they take him away to get to get cleaned up. And, uh, you know, to help him out there. And Charlie's like, this is what I remember, Charlie. You're sitting there with your tile, and you're kind of with this befuddled <laughs> look on your face because you were so earnest. I remember the night before when you were talking about doing this, 
you were so excited about doing this show and tell with, with, with Bocelli and what you were going to teach him. And oh, so you were so earnest about it. And it ended up being, a, you know, I don't know how we're describing it, it, but it was a disaster. It was, it was a complete a disaster. disaster. He had all this white stuff all over himself. People are yelling, <laughs> what did you do to the poor guy? You know, what's the matter with you? And, and Charlie's just like, oh, my God, what happened? You know, after this, all these good intentions, this happens. And I go, I look at Charlie. I remember, this is what I remember, Charlie, going up to you and saying, hey, Charlie, do you think you learned anything? And Charlie looks up at me. Charlie looks up at me and says, yeah, never trust a New Yorker. This is what I, this is what I remember. <laughs> this is what I remember from the whole thing. But that was Bocelli. But what happened to you? Uh, the photo, yeah, okay, because the photo you showed that not everybody who's listening can see, unless they're on YouTube, is Bocelli with... Jack and Ray Camarda, your parents, and we can tell stories about that. <laughs> Remember when your parents oh my and my God, parents would get together? That's a whole other story. But your parents were there for this Bocelli thing. Like, say that for another episode. That's like episode, a whole yeah. season, for God's <laughs> yeah. sakes. Come oh, on. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. So what, <laughs> anyway. what happened there with your parents? They, were, they came to the tour? Well, no, they just happened to be, you know, because I was a single parent. Uh, me and Chelsea had an eight-and-a-half-year-old daughter. So every now and then my parents would come down, help me out a little bit. But they happened to be there, and I thought this was, you know, my mother and father loved Andre Bocelli, yeah, so they did. got to go see him. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. it was a great, it was a great, it was a great event. We got to meet his family. Unfortunately, I messed up his clothes <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> you know, to follow up on that, I hadn't thought oh, about this for guy. a while, but to follow up on that one, after uh, that was before uh, before either of us flew. That was in early two thousands or something. And uh, kind of amazing we flew. Kind of amazing, right? I have all these shenanigans. But uh, <laughs> but after I flew my first flight, we were invited to to go to Italy and do some post flight stuff in Italy. And uh, there was a translator with us. This very nice young young woman was with us who was a translator uh, to you know to help us understand what was happening there. And she was also she said she also worked many. She's always working with Andre Bocelli. And I go, no kidding. When he was in Italy anyway, I get you know that. And I go and I told her the story what happened, and she calls him on the phone. She gets the guy on because she was you know, I oh, guess she no. worked with him all the time and she's telling she's talking to him. And he got he was very nice on the phone. He said, Yes, he remembered, it was wonderful. And so he loved whatever thing that happened. You know, what, what you did you don't worry about what, what happened with it. It was just a small little part of it for him. He really enjoyed did he, he, did he say anything about me, Mike? Did he, he say he, lo- yeah, he really he really appreciated all of us showing him around. That's what that's the way he remembered <laughs> it. So uh, and for with him and his family. So I think it's okay. You know. Yeah, I was like, Don't tell him and well, he goes, Don't tell him it's me. He goes, No, it was all right. We were all we were all in the clear. Well luckily we're all in the clear. He, it was a nice he guy. couldn't tell how how badly we messed him up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you, you, you yeah. think they didn't tell him? Come on. No, like, he knew I'm what sure happened. he's being honest with you on the phone. I'm sure I'm yeah. sure he's thinking in his head, oh, yeah, that's the guy that covered me yeah. in the carcinogenic yeah. dust. Yeah, God knows. Lucky thing NASA safety wasn't there. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. All right, guys, we probably yeah, should wrap this so. one up. Uh, yeah, so, Charlie, this, this was good. great. Um We'd love to have you come back for some more if you can if you can stand it at some point. But this was really great to to have a couple episodes with you. Uh, anything else you want to? No. Garrett remembered last time to mention what is uh, what what can we tell our our uh, listeners, uh, both of them who are listening, which maybe you know you know whoever. <laughs> Actually, it's one one, one fear. Yeah, so at least Charlie we have Garrett's program. mom. There. Now we're down to only. Now we're down to yeah, one. Your mom, mom. No, 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 I have I have one other yeah. one other. Go. 
if I could. Well, my, you know what, you know, Charlie, my mom is very interested in, in, in studying about high performing teams. Really? <laughs> yeah. You, you're kidding me. So maybe, you could, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Oh, no, no. We, we could talk about high performing teams. Because she's listening. No, uh, but I tell you, that's for another episode because a lot of what I did with Don Pettit, uh, because we were on the return to flight crew, and I was actually working hard with teams trying to figure out how do we solve the problem, how do we identify what caused the problem, and then how do we repair the wing leading edge in orbit if we got hit with debris. And so a lot of what we did in Don Pettit's garage, and that's a whole nother set of episodes in Don Pettit's garage, but a lot of what we did, we tried things, we fail, and we, we basically solved the problem that NASA couldn't solve. And we did things like, um, you know, we invented, you know, this technique for repairing the wing leaning edge using a patch, but making them flexible and thin. We did things like uh, creating a, a tool to drill and tap the wing leading edge. But what, what I realized was that this was a good opportunity. Imagine if we had a Don Pettit garage and we could have hundreds of thousands of students come and try to solve problems that NASA couldn't solve. And so I started an Epic Education Foundation. Uh, we started an Epic Challenge program working with students around the world now. And we're actually solving problems that NASA couldn't, can't solve. And we're getting students excited about the fun of science. I mean, we, we all got into it because we thought it was cool. And, um, and we try things, we fail, we go in a laboratory, we, we test things to failure, and we have to let kids do that. I mean, that's, that's the fun of what made what we, did, we do uh, so much fun and attracts kids to science and math. And so that's what I'm dedicating, you know, a lot of my time with right now. That's great stuff. stuff. I know you've, cool. you've, you've, you were doing that. Good I remember even at, uh, at NASA, you were getting involved with education big time, and, and, uh, and it's great that you're continuing all that. It's important stuff. And, and, I mean, both of you guys are too, right? You both teach. Uh, Garrett, you're still at UC? U US, USC. University? USC. USC. <laughs> USC. <laughs> Not University of California. Not UC Berkeley. Irvine, yeah, no. It was USC. Yeah. No. And, no. Mike, you're at Columbia. I'm still, yeah, I'm still at Columbia. Right? Yeah. Yep. Enjoying that. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Yeah. We're, so all we're all educators, We're all educators. Yeah. Which is... Which is uh, kind yeah. of terrifying when you think. Did you learn anything, <laughs> boys and girls, in this podcast? Because we're, we're educators. I hope my students yeah. aren't watching these podcasts. It's going to be, uh, even they, if you know, if this, what not if this comes do. back in the classroom, I got big problems. Huh? All right. I think, I think we need to wrap it, I right, guess. Well, but it's well, been so much fun talking with Charlie and, and yep. of course, so with, with Garrett for me. And I hope, I hope people enjoyed listening. So go ahead. Garrett and Charlie, take, take the last Likewise. word. It was super fun. No, thanks. Thanks a lot, Mike and Garrett. Uh, I think you guys are doing a great job, and uh, I see lots of opportunities for you guys. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you to everybody listening, all, all <laughs> two of you, and uh, please, both of you, hit the like and subscribe button and help us out. We we that's more important <laughs> that's than it. listening, yeah, we, right? Yeah, you, we don't so. answer it. We just answer the <laughs> like and subscribe. Don't worry about listening. That's in a second there. But hope you. In, Hope you listen and enjoy it. Too. Give us a good rating. Yeah. <laughs> the listening is optional. Thanks. All right. Thank you very much. Take it easy, guys. <laughs> See you next time.